0: Hey everyone and welcome to the Mark Prater podcast where our aim is to connect our global family of sovereign grace churches with our executive director. Uh Mark, you are back from another leadership team retreat this time I believe in Los Angeles, uh, where you gathered with the team and you were sharing with me before we started recording about how valuable that you, th- uh, you think it is that uh that you guys actually gather together physically in one place apart from doing monthly Zoom calls and that kind of thing that there's great value. In that. Talk to us about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is a value.
1: I think it's even a conviction for us as a leadership team uh, because uh, we love serving our family of churches, and there's much that we get done over Zoom meetings, but actually sure. being together face-to-face for a few days uh, accomplishes a number of things. Uh, first of all, we, we, uh, we're able to build relationally, not just in terms of deepening our friendships, but it allows the team to function as a team. We value team ministry in Sovereign Grace. Our Each of our churches uh, has teams or are building teams because we share that value. And that really gets at plurality. Uh, we want to lead together as a team. We wanna lead Sovereign Grace together. And uh, that that's that's our heart. It, it's also a BCO, um, a mention that the, the leadership team will function as a plurality. So it's not uh, its not only a conviction we have, it's an attempt to honor our BCO. So just being together for a few days does help us to accomplish that and to build relationally. It also just gives us a chance to have, as I've mentioned before, strategic conversations and to do strategic planning that is a little bit more difficult to do over Zoom, not only because of you know the limitations of technology, but because, you know, Zoom meetings that go longer than an hour or hour and a half begin to lose their effectiveness. So Zoom fatigue. Yes, yeah, Zoom fatigue. So this just allows us to linger in certain conversations. I always go in with an agenda. I always go going with a bigger agenda that I know we're going to get through because uh, when we linger in conversations, the spirit of God helps us and we go down paths that we didn't plan. And sometimes those can be uh, our most fruitful decisions in serving our churches. Um, I think that's become even more important to us as a team because uh, we are we are realizing that the family of churches that we serve is more, a little bit more diffuse and diverse. And here's what I mean by that. Um, our, as a pastor of a Sovereign Grace Church, a pastor knows his flock and he knows the flock. He knows the, the context with when, within his church exists. And so that can help you Uh, pastor people. It can help you to know how to preach to your people. That gets a little bit more complicated when you've got a family of churches uh, that exist in different nations, in different cultures. So we are a more diffuse and diverse family of churches, and knowing who we are uh, has a little bit more complexity than just just knowing a a local congregation. So we want to make sure we know who Sovereign Grace is. And We want it to be able to to lead us in a certain direction based on that. So those are just some of the reasons that we think it's important to gather physically together uh, three times a year. This one was in Los Angeles, by the way, because Dave Taylor did join us from Sydney. And that's just one leg of a flight for him rather than flying deeper into the States. So it does help serve him. And a decision, I can't remember if I mentioned this on a podcast or not, that we decided as a leadership team. Uh, is that uh, all leadership team members will attend one retreat a year and the other two, I'll uh, decide who from the leadership team comes. And so this was a smaller group of men from the leadership team. It was Dave Taylor, Jeff Perswell, John Payne, Jared Mellinger, and my, and myself. Um, even though the other guys will, will I'll, I'll bring them up to speed and we'll send out notes and decisions that they, they can read. And then I'll follow up with them verbally. So yeah, um, We're just so grateful. I'm so grateful for this team and that I get to serve with them. Being with them again this week made me even more grateful to God for them.
0: Wonderful. Yeah, it reminds me of uh, the Apostle Paul, of course, didn't have Zoom. Uh, He sent letters, (laughs) but how he would communicate in his letters to those whom he sought to serve, those he loved, that he wished he could be there in person. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's wonderful that you guys were able to do that. So, what was it like? What did you go over? What's an update coming out of the leadership team retreat about what you guys talked about?
1: Yeah, we talked about a lot. We I felt like we got a lot done. So, I'm just going to pull out some some highlights. This is a partial list of just things that we we talked about. We we talked about how leading Sovereign Grace uh, has become a uh, has uh, has really is becoming more of a wonderful complexity. And it's kind of what I mentioned before, it, we are diffuse and we're diverse. Uh, for example, what, what I mean by that is that there are cultural issues in the states that really are important and that we need to help our pastors, equip our pastors to lead through. That could be things like uh, gender uh, ideology or sexual orientation, or how does, how does politics impact the church, uh, those kind of things. Those may not be issues that other uh, sovereign grace churches face, face in other nations, or they may be, but they're of lesser degree. Uh, one comparison, uh, churches in West Africa and East Africa, for example, those in, in Liberia and Ethiopia, uh, they are facing uh, a more heightened prosperity gospel. Uh, that That's the big issue or one of the biggest issues that they face. And so how do we equip them uh, with uh, addressing that when it's not quite the to the same degree an issue here in the states that that's just one example so we had a wonderful conversation where we we're getting down different um, um issues that we need to equip our pa- pastors to face and it's it's a, it's a diverse list and so then we talked about how do we take that and and lead effectively um obviously but the, the good news is that the word of god speaks into all of those situations right so it, it does heighten our Our need and our commitment to provide biblically based theological leadership. And we just talked about ways to do that. So that was a wonderful conversation. We had a conversation that I entitled Tone and Truth. Uh, Part of what we were talking about there is what should our tone be in communicating truth and what should our tone be in standing for truth? Uh, Because that's becoming, uh, I think, more necessary that we stand for truth. And I I sent uh, the, the leadership team an article that. Andy Nacelli wrote before the retreat, which we did discuss a bit, that article is entitled, winsomeness can be a virtue uh, or a vice. And uh, it's, it's a wonderful article. You, you could uh, Google it and read it yourself if you'd like to. Obviously he's for winsomeness. We want our tone to be godly and gracious and to be Christ-like uh, because that's a reflection of what we believe about the gospel. But it shouldn't be so winsome that we water down our ability to, to stand for truth. Because in this in this cultural moment, I think even in this evangelical moment, we've got to be very clear um, and, and at times strong in defending the truth. And so I illustrated that by uh, just pulling from uh, an introduction that Kevin DeYoung recently wrote for that 100th anniversary edition of Machen's Christianity and Liberalism. And if you haven't read Christianity and Liberalism by by Jay Gresham Machen, please do. Uh, I would get the the 100th anniversary copy that just came out a few months ago. If you've already read that book and don't have the 100th anniversary copy, I think it's worth the price just for Kevin DeYoung's introduction uh, in Machen's book, because he really just pulls out why... Uh, standing for truth is so important. And what Machen did, it, if you don't know the history, uh, that Machen's book didn't start as a book. It began as an address that he gave to a presbytery in the Philadelphia area. Uh, and what he was addressing in that, uh, in that speech was that there was a, a move at that time to unite 18 different denominations as, as sort of one unified denomination. And Machen was against it because their creed was uh, theologically ambiguous and uh, really didn't represent Presbyterianism in, in, in spe- in specifically. So he gave an address uh, against what was known as the Philadelphia Plan. B.B. Warfield, a com- contemporary, joined him in that opposition. Uh, his denomination at the time, the PCUSA, Mason's denomination, was embracing this plan, and so he was speaking against it, making a strong stand against it. And it was so well received that he was encouraged. He gave the address in 1921, and he was that was so well received that he was encouraged to turn that into a book, which was published in 1923. So this is the hundredth anniversary, and DeYoung pulls out uh, sort it of reviews the book and then pulls out seven lessons that are important for us, and you should read those seven lessons. I, I walked the leadership team through them. One of those being, you know, it's, it's important that we um, make sure we, we clearly communicate what truth is, but it's also important that we clearly communicate what is false and what is false doctrine, and we have to do both of those things. So there is a place right, right now for us um, to stand for truth and to be clear on what's true and what's false, and uh, where possible, do that in a winsome way. Um, but don't allow tone, don't allow winsomeness to t- trump truth. We've got to be, we've got to be clear in standing for for truth. So we had a great right. conversation uh, around that, which was really, really helpful. A part of the reason we were having that conversation is uh, another topic that we discussed is. Something I think maybe a lot of pastors are are at least watching and asking the question, what is really happening in evangelicalism right now? So what is the current, uh, evang- what is this current evangelical moment, or current cultural moment if you can marry those two things together? So is it one of, as you watch uh, evangelicalism splinter a bit? Is it one of just sad, self-righteous separation? Or is it one where there's theological erosion? And uh, if that's the case, uh, which we believe it is a bit as a leadership team, uh, we have to guard our churches against theological erosion. And of course, we don't know what, what God is doing right now in this evangelical moment. We don't know where the dust is going to settle and what evangelicalism will look like. Uh, but we, what we do see is a, a, a drift theologically, certainly some theological erosion, which heightens the need for us as a leadership team, and I think for us as pastors in any sovereign grace church, to provide again biblically sound, theologically informed leadership. Right. Uh, so we had a great conversation about that. We we've asked Jeff to sort of capture our thoughts thoughts and write it, and we may even uh, find a way to get that into our pastors' hands. So we we talked really? about that. Um, Jared uh, Mellinger gave a wonderful publishing update uh, for the journals that we have planned uh, to be published in the next year or two. And then a number of other publishing projects we're working on that will be self-published uh, that are going to be released fairly soon. One of them uh, on joyful generosity that was written by three or four sovereign grace pastors. It's about 10,000 words it was written hmm. so that members can interact with it and just have a, a, a biblical, a theological basis for generosity and giving first and foremost to their local church we've taken uh jared's taken jeff's uh, message on zeal that he passed at the pastor's conference um from romans last year put that into a book form and that will be published and so we're going to begin to self-publish publications or books mostly drawn from resources we already have uh, put the sovereign grace logo on them so that there's a connection between, oh, that's a Sovereign Grace resource. I, I think I may want to read that. And we hope that it serves both the members of our churches and the pastors of our churches as well. And then we talked about, I've mentioned this before in a previous podcast, we plan to publish pastoral resources, kind of like our old Perspective series. Right. Uh, some of the uh, pastors listening to this or reading this podcast would remember that name. And we may even use that same name. Uh, there's a draft right now written of uh, elder-led, elder-governed churches. What do we believe about that? Theolo- Why do we think that theologically? Why is that of value? I know Jeff is thinking about a theopastoral resource in the area of pneumatology, which I think would really serve our churches. Yeah. So just some things that were exciting to talk about and that that we have planned. And um, just a reminder on the journal, that's written primarily for our members but I'm talking to pastors like yourself, Ben, that are using it to, to actually reinforce the leadership they're bringing in their local church. So you were telling me right before this podcast that you're, in just a few weeks, going to start a series on shaping virtues. And you plan to use that general. Tell, tell us about that.
0: Yeah, we're having our uh, community groups. Actually, some of them already started doing this, but we're going to have each community group go. Uh, use the journal of, uh, as we go through the series. Uh, it'll take longer because they meet twice a month, so they can't interact about every sermon in real time. But they're going to be using the journal, the article for each virtue uh, and application questions um, as just a shared resource to get the conversation and application going in community groups. So we're you know, we're seeking, we did just plant a church, sent out over 100 people, we got a lot, a lot of new people. So we're, we're endeavoring to acclimate them uh, and, and for them to understand and be clear about what it is that we're after when it comes to discipleship and a culture of grace at Living Hope. So the journals serve us big time in that way.
1: Mm. Uh, that's good leadership on your part. Thanks for using it. And a reminder to, to our guys, we publish those resources because we hope some of them will be tools that you can use as pastors to serve your churches.
0: Yeah. Excellent. Well, thanks for the update and thank you to each member of the uh, leadership team. Thank you for your sacrifice leaving home, heading to Los Angeles to serve our family of churches. And uh, thanks for the update, Mark. So uh, we'll see you here, Lord willing, next week. Bye for now. Thank you for watching. If you have questions or comments, Mark would love to hear from you. For more videos like this, hit subscribe on YouTube or by email at markkprater.com.